If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for February 5th, 2012. And today we're going to be covering a variety of different uh, topics. And uh, I'm just pulling down the volume of my speaker there. Um, And really too numerous kind of to mention. A lot of mix, a lot of different things, a lot of devices of Satan that we're going to be exposing today. Uh, First article that we're going to get right into is uh, kind of uh, in regard to the potential for the mark of the beast. And just to kind of give you some Bible verses relating to that, Revelation 13, 16 through 18 says, And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and, and, that, and that no man might buy or sell, save that he had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of man, and his number is six hundred three score and six, meaning six six six, six hundred and sixty six. So um, this is in regard to the end times when the false prophet, through the power of the beast, essentially uh, causes all both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond to receive a mark on the right hand or their foreheads. And so the first article is entitled "Your Your Implantable Black Box Is Almost Ready." Microchip implants for personal tracking and ID are getting smaller and smaller and even more injectable without you ever even realizing it. Next time an avion or a swine flu crisis breaks, don't let, your, don't let your, yourself or your family be coaxed into mass vaccinating yourselves. Uh, now, this is something I've been warning about for a long time. The potential for injectable microchips in vaccinations. Hitachi's already had a microchip dust that is, you know, it's dust, essentially. And you could put that in in something that they inject into you, and you would never even know it. You would never even know it. They have these things called injectable nanorobots that can actually be injected into you and and go in and and, uh, perform uh, nefarious, terrible things in your body. I mean, they could essentially take you out. And um, that's been well known for a long time. I've reported on this for uh, for many years now, and I've actually done specific teachings that I listed here regarding the subject um, that I posted here: uh, swine flu, avian flu, forced vaccination, injectable microchips in martial law, and then injectable microchips in the swine flu vaccinations. They also have the potential to actually insert a microchip uh, at the tip of the needle at the end of quality control. That's also another thing you wouldn't really know, particularly if it was small enough and injected it into you. So, um, I'm not saying that that's the mark of the beast, but it's not something you want to go around. <laughs> Any kind of injectable microchip is evil, period. Okay, So, it's not something you want to get in the habit of, of happening uh, or getting injected into your body. So, there's a picture here. And it shows a woman with a typical UPC barcode on her head. Now, the UPC barcodes are uh, uh, basically on anything you buy, any packaging, any box, any. You can go look at any thing in your cupboard, cabinet, whatever, can canned foods. What doesn't really matter. They will have these UPC barcodes on there, and. Essentially, every one of these barcodes has the number 666 built into it. And it's been that way for years. 
And what you do is, there's a picture here you can look at on the PDF for February 5th, 2012. Just go up to contendingfortruth.com. You can find that PDF. It's going to be about 24, 25 pages for today. And you look, and this particular picture has it all isolated for you. They have the very middle bar and the, and the two bars on the end. They're all equidistant from one another. And those bars, the, in, the, in a barcode, if you look at them, the bars are representative of different numbers. And it depends on the thickness um, or lack of thickness of a bar, which determines what its number is. Okay? In this particular case, the number 6 is actually listed in the barcode, and you can look at what that one looks like. You can look at that barcode. It's highlighted. Okay? And then you can look at the middle bar and the two ending bars, which are always a little bit longer than the other bars in the barcode, and those are also the number 6. So you've got uh, middle barcode and the two far ends, 666, and every single UPC barcode, essentially, that they put out. And it's been that way for a long time. So, again, it's just kind of Satan's way of getting his grimy hoof prints on, you know... Everything we, we do, you know, and, and the whole um, not being able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast is kind of like the forerunner to, to, that, to that system. And um, you can see it right here. It's a really good representation. It's a picture right at the very top of the PDF. So going further, Michael J. Michael of the University of Wollongong School of Information System and Technology in Australia has coined the term ubervalence to describe the emerging trend of, of the all-encompassing surveillance, explaining that ubervalence is not on the outside looking down, but on the inside looking out, through a microchip that is embedded in our bodies. The, US, the U.S.'s private high-tech company, Verichip, uh, if you, and there's a website for them, positiveidcorp.com, widely markets implantable nanochips, which store a 16-digit unique ID number on humans for, quote, medical and security purposes, focusing on high-risk patients and the need to identify them and their medical records in an emergency, end of quote. Michael explains that such implantable chips will become like a black box, that they will be a witness to our actual movements, our words, perhaps even our thoughts, and play a similar role to the black box found in an aircraft. That's how bad it's actually going to end up getting. Like a black box in an aircraft where it records every single thing. Well, these microchips are going to have that ability at some point if they don't already... They, I'm sure they already have the technology, but we're only privy to uh, what they want to tell us they have. And usually it's about 20 years behind what they're actually admitting, or 20 years actually ahead of what they're actually admitting to. So the technology is all, already there. It's just a matter of impl implementing it on a mass scale. Um, going further, also with the Mark of the Beast, obviously there's going to be a gigantic demonic component as well. It's not going to be something that uh, can just record actions and thought patterns and things of this nature. Uh, it's not going to be something that you're just going to have to have to buy, sell, or trade or whatever with. It's going to be, there's going to be a gigantic demonic component. And this is the reason why it's kind of like, you know, you take the Mark of the Beast and, you know... You're on your way to the lake of fire, essentially. There's no, there's no untaking it. And whoever receives it, 
you know, are going to be cast in the lake of fire. And I believe that there's going to be such a change, profound change, that takes place in a person when they receive the mark of the beast, that it's going to be like they're on demonic autopilot for the rest of their lives, most likely. Now, obviously, I'm speculating to a certain extent, but I mean, you know, I don't see any remedy for the mark of the beast in the Bible. Um... Uh, as far as any kind of, of way to undo it once it's once it's taken. So, also, with the Mark of the Beast, they're probably going to have things that can, um, built in, that can either, um, through possibly pain, pleasure stimulation, whatever, uh, to control you and to control your actions, kind of like a, a shock collar on a dog. It's going to have a, a, some type of um, technology on that. Now, I've done a few different teachings on the Mark of the Beast. I don't really want to say a whole lot more about it, but I've given you these teachings here. Also, uh, the Real ID, the Implantable Microchip, and the Mark of the Beast, the National ID, Mark of the Beast, and the Hexagram and the Mark of the Beast. So, if you think the Hexagram is a wonderful symbol, and it's a symbol of, of Israel and all these types of things, you really need to listen to this teaching, because it has nothing to do with Israel, and it's the highest level symbol in witchcraft, essentially. Or, if not the highest, one of the very highest ones. And we document all that in this teaching. There's a huge PDF that goes along with it. And uh, this isn't me being anti-Semitic. This is me being just factual and honest. And um, I've never seen anybody be able to refute it. It's not because it's, I'm unrefutable. It's because the information is very uh, plain and, and dogmatic. So, let's go further here. Uh, he also predicts microchip implants and their infrastructure could eliminate the need for e-passports, e-tags, and security ID cards. Again, you're not going to have to have a driver's license. You're not going to have to have bank cards, debit cards. You're just going to wave your right hand or your forehead over the, the scanner or, or walk through whatever scanners they have built up, and it's just going to debit your bank account automatically if you want to buy or purchase something. That's how it's going to work, and that's... Just one of the ways. It's also going to be a way that you can get into, let's say, a security-restricted place. That the, the Going in, you're not going to have to show ID. It's already going to be built into you. So they're going to, they're going to pass it off like, oh, it's going to be this one of thing. It's going to speed things up. It's going to, we're not going to have to do these invasive pat-downs. Um, we're going to know exactly who you are. Of course, they still might have the invasive pat-downs or the body scanning. But... They're going to try to sell it on the fact of a convenience as, as well as, um, you know, whatever other propaganda they're going to try to use. So, um, he also added that microchipping will eventually become compulsory in the context of identification within the frame of national security. So, in other words, at some time, future date, it's going to become basically mandatory. Now, thank God they haven't been able, been able to institute the national ID card. They were supposed to have had that done a while back, actually. And I think they're going to probably probably just try to implement their agenda uh, through shock and awe, through, through order out of chaos, through whatever they have planned, most likely in the coming next year. And when that's done, people are going to be so desperate, they're going to be like, whatever, you know, we'll national ID card, whatever, world ID card, I don't know what they're going to try to impose, if they're going to, um, if the next step will truly be the mark of the beast, or if it's going to be some type of uh, national or, or world identification card, but I think they're going to use 
that coming event in order to implement that. Because there was a lot of resistance to the national ID card, and, and there is every time it comes up. So uh, we'll have to see on that. So for now, your mobile phone acts as an active transponder for radio frequency identification RFID readers. And they don't say a whole lot more about that. But also your mobile phone, if, if it's, even if it's turned off, they can triangulate your, your, uh, your location to within, you know, 10, 20 feet of where you're actually at. Even if you take the battery out, I've heard that they've even got an auxiliary, uh, I've seen reports where they say they've even got auxiliary, um, batteries. They don't, obviously those do end up exhausting themselves, but there's another little auxiliary battery in there in some of the phones that will actually, even though you've taken the battery out. So, um, if you were ever in a position like, let's say, you know, the world implodes and you want to be off the grid as soon as possible, um, probably what you want to do is, well, ID Stronghold is what I recommend a lot of people do as far as for their wallets because they make wallets, both men and women, and they make passport holders also that literally shield your passport and your IDs from an RF, RFID reader. And I've even heard that cops can pull up beside you in your car and actually read um, a lot of these things from, you know, car next door, or for if they're, like, beside you on the road. And what the true potential is, it's hard to say. But if you have, like, an ID Stronghold wallet, just key an ID Stronghold wallet on the Internet, uh, it protects, it shields your cards from identity theft and also protects your privacy. And in today's day and age... <laughs> You know, that's such a huge issue with, you know, obviously all the things that Big Brother's doing and the way that criminals are trying to um, steal people's IDs and, and use their information to, you know, go on shopping sprees or whatever they're trying to do. Uh, it's very important. So I, I highly recommend this. Also with the passports now, they, they do have um, RFID chips embedded in them. I believe they're in the back panel, at least the passports in America. And um, they've got uh, uh, things you can buy from ID Stronghold that actually shield the passport as well. Beyond that, they've got a bag you can buy that you can put your cell phone in, and it will shield and block the signal. And it will not, even if it's even if it's on, even if you've got the battery, even even if it's trying to transmit, it won't get through the, the bag. I think you can kind of accomplish the same thing though with you know probably a couple layers of tin foil, aluminum foil. I'm pretty sure you can accomplish pretty much the same thing. Um, but anyway, just some things to think about. And because if, if things start to go down and they activate the red and the blue list or whatever they're going to do, you want to make sure you're as off the grid system as you can get as far as them being able to track you. Just from a practical standpoint, I'm not saying the Lord Jesus Christ can't protect you. And I'm not saying freak out about all this. I'm just saying these are some practical things that I'm bringing up here. So let's go further here. Okay, so you, I listed my teachings there on the subject. Now, next article. Scientists created bird flu superbug that could set off next global pandemic. During the roughly the same time period that health experts worldwide have been waiting, warning that the infamous H5N1 avian flu virus could soon morph into a highly transmissible, exceedingly deadly super strain capable of killing millions, scientists from around the world have been 
exposed, deliberately developing the exact such strain that they're warning about in laboratories. Now, I have reported on this, but they've already done it in the laboratories. They've already taken the H5N1, which would normally never mutate to this thing on its own. So they've they've helped uh, nature along a little bit, even though H5N1 was most likely even created originally in a laboratory. But they've helped they've helped uh, Satan along a little bit here in the evolution of the H5N1, which has you know really about over a sixty percent kill rate according to the last statistics I've seen. And now they've actually made it where it is where they've got strains supposedly in laboratories that are easily transmissible human to human airborne, which was always the big dreaded threat. You know, oh, if it ever if this ever happens, well, they've already admitted that they've done it now. Uh, last month we reported about research work conducted by Ron Fochier from Erasmus Medical College in the Netherlands that had successfully created a super deadly strain of H5N1. Fochier and his colleagues had originally planned to publish their controversial findings in medical journals until the scientific community and many members of the public decried the research, calling it an immediate end to it. I mean, yeah, I mean, why not publish the research? Why not give the recipe on how to make it so any, you know, Tom, Dick, or Harry could go out there and do whatever, you know, any any uh, person that would want to wipe out the planet. I mean, what's the harm in that? I mean, come on, I mean... Why are we all so uptight? So, anyway, let's go further. Not only is the publishing of the critical data about the deadly new strain of H5N1 a massive public health risk, but the research itself is a huge risk itself as well. As the strain can end up escaping from labs and quickly spreading throughout the world, bioterrorists could gain hold of the strain or produce a similar one themselves to be used for starting the next global pandemic. Um, which, you know, really it's just common sense here. <laughs> it's not even really common sense. It's just, it's like, wow, I mean, what are they, uh, their agenda is pretty obvious here. So whatever the case it may be, it's all too coincidental that such research has been taking place for the past several years at the same time, that, that authorities from around the world have been fear-mongering about how the H5N1 could eventually mutate. As it currently stands, H5N1 has not naturally become more virulent. The only serious virulent strains in existence right now are those deliberately created by scientists using public funds. <laughs> so, uh, they, 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 this has already gotten out. The, the re, this research about the H5N1, it's already got out. I reported on that, I don't know, two or three weeks ago, that it's too late. It's already gotten out. So, if, that, if and when that is to happen, which to me, I would think that that would be one of the ways that Big Brother, Illuminati, whatever you want to call them, the elite, the globalists, could come out smelling like a rose because they could say, oh, well, these guys in the Netherlands, they, they created this this research and, and, the, and they figured out how to ease, make the H5N1 easily transmissible. And, gee whiz, I mean, we, we let it get out accidentally. We told them you probably shouldn't do it. But they published it anyway. Terrorists got a hold of it. They mass-produced it in their little terrorist labs. They released it, you know, in in all all parts of the earth. And and now there's this big, gigantic pandemic. And, wow, I mean, yeah, I know. Yes, it's true we want to reduce world population by 80 to 95% according to the Illuminati goals. Um, true, that's true, but this, this doesn't have anything to do with that. No, no, no. We want to be able to blame it on someone else. 
We, 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 we want to come out smelling like a rose so we can come and, and act as though we're your saviors when this big, gigantic pandemic does happen. And although, you know, I, Hollywood has totally prepared the way for that with all of the shows they've put out regarding, you know, this exact subject like Contagion and Outbreak and all of the various shows that they have been put, put out to prepare us for this eventuality. And yes, we will impose martial law when that day comes. And yes, we will come and appear as your saviors and bring you our our version of the remedy, which will be our super-duper um, vaccine that will um, maybe safeguard you against it. Actually, it'll probably perpetuate it. Actually, it might be the actual source of it, like it was in the 1918-1919 Spanish flu pandemic that killed, oh, I don't know, at least 50 million people worldwide. But, you know, we're good guys. We, we can be trusted, and, and, and we would never really want to hurt you. I mean, even though we want to kill, kill you all, um, because you're all useless leaders in our eyes. But other than that, you know, it's all good. It's all good. So, if you want to know a little bit more about the subject, I posted my actual video presentation that I did in uh, Wichita, Kansas, um, on this exact subject that I did back in 06, through the Prophecy Club. It was called the Avion Flu Killer of Millions. And uh, I posted the actual video links to that teaching here, and you can watch it for free. And um, the actual product that I actually get into as far as being proactive, the mild silver protein, the 5,000 part per million, I also give you the links to that and tell you a little bit about that in there as well. And again, I'm not saying the Lord Jesus Christ can't protect you. Um, but this is definitely a big device of Satan, and we're not to be ignorant of his devices. And I see this as being one of the the ways where the, where the New World Order would encounter the least amount of resistance. I mean, it, if they say, okay, everybody's got to turn their guns in now, do you think that people are going to really be, in America, they're going to just turn over their guns in mass? I mean, some will, but gun sales are, like, exploding. I mean, the month of December, they had never seen a month like that ever. As Obama gets more entrenched and more flagrant and more out of control and more in your face with what he's doing. Now, I understand he's a puppet on a string, but as he continues to carry out his orders from his Illuminati puppet masters, people are are starting to wake up to a certain level here. Not everybody, but some. Gun sales are, are like at record levels, okay? If gun sales are at record levels, it, there's a high likelihood that they're going to get a lot of resistance if they come in and say, oh, everybody's going to turn their guns in. But if they have a nice big fat pandemic and everybody's really, really, really mega desperate and they all think they're going to die, they're going to be like, well, whatever I got to do, I don't care. I'll turn them all in just as long as I can save myself so they can get that nasty vaccine that's most likely got all kind of foreign, horrific DNA tainted with it. Uh, Potential for microchips is what we talked about. The actual potential to actually spread the H5N1, which is supposedly, and that's what they did in 1918-1919 with Spanish flu, was the people that got vaccinated were the ones that died. And I mean, I get into that in this video presentation. I don't have time to get into it today, but just watch it. You know, I mean, it's flat out. I'm giving you actual testimonies of people that lived through it. And they were very matter of fact that the people that were uh, hale and hearty one day, they got the vaccine and they were dead the next or within a very short period of time. Uh, so that's how they actually perpetuated it. So 
They've already got precedent for doing this. The, the vaccine industry in general, you just look at that history, which we've got into in depth. So that's, that's one of the most plausible scenarios I see for them to encounter the least amount of resistance and to be able to accomplish the maximum amount of satanic Illuminati goals all in one fell swoop. And once they've disarmed the population, once they've killed a whole bunch of the population and sickened a lot of the population, and then also that gives them the excuse to impose martial law, obviously, that would be martial law, would go along with that particular scenario, and they have the whole country on lockdown, then they can implement the next phase of their plan. I just see that as a very plausible thing happening. I have saw that for the last, I don't know, what is it, six years now, as being a very highly likely scenario, and I just want to prepare um, my listeners for that eventuality. So, let's go further here. Let's expose the devices of Satan a little bit more. Next article. Children's medicines coated with brain-damaging aluminum. Aluminum lake food coloring used to heavily coat liquid medicines for children contains dangerous amounts of aluminum and harmful synthetic petrochemicals. These petrochemicals are carcinogens, meaning cancer-causing, containing petroleum, antifreeze, and ammonia which cause a long list of adverse reactions. Aluminum poisoning can lead to short and long-term central nervous system damage, uh, such as memory impairments, autism, epilepsy, mental retardation, and dementia. Research shows that just four parts per million of aluminum can cause the blood to coagulate, uh, which basically thicken is what it means. Uh, This is what causes Alzheimer's disease as well and has been documented to inhibit learning. So aluminum is one of the main factors for Alzheimer's. I don't think it's the only factor, uh, but it is probably one of the main ones. It tends to have a high affinity or attraction to the brain tissue, and it lays across these things called the synaptic clefts in the brain, short-circuits the brain, and thus the um, memory problems. Aluminum consumption can also be associated with the development of bone disorders, including stress fractures. Also known as tartrates, Tartrazine, FD&C Yellow Aluminum Lake is a chemical concoction derived from coal tar, which is also, coal tar is one of the main things where they make a lot of the synthetic vitamins that you can go and get at drugstores and Walmart and most health food stores as well. Almost all vitamin products are made are synthetic vitamins. They're garbage, okay? They're not the same as the, the vitamins and minerals that God puts here. When you take something... Um, out of nature and you synthesize it in a laboratory, it's essentially a drug. Synthetic vitamins are about one notch above a drug in my eyes. And I've done some teachings on this. Actually, last week I put up a teaching and at the end I gave an 80-page article, or huh, 80-page, uh, my health, my basically my general health recommendations. And there is a section on there Uh, regarding synthetic versus natural vitamins you might want to read. Because that's not something a lot of people know about. Of course, that that information is becoming more well-known now. So, uh, aluminum lake is also a reproductive toxin. Seems like most everything that the Illuminati does anymore, um, yeah, a lot of times it'll cause cancer, and it'll kill you a lot quicker, and it'll cause this, it'll cause that. But what they really, really almost always seem to have in common is they always interfere with reproduction. They, they want to get the, the population centers, they want to get the population um, 
breeding, birthing rate down as far as possible. Yes, they want to eradicate a lot of people, but they also want to get the reproductive rate down as far as they can. And, and there's so many things they're doing in the chemicals and things of this nature to do that. So all artificial colors contain aluminum lake. So when your child gets to pick between red, blue, or green medicine, they're really choosing which poison they get to consume. Several chemical enhanced food colorings contain ammonia and produce compounds proven to cause various cancers in animal studies, according to the Center for Science in Public Interest. And there's a link to that article. But most widely, the most widely used food colors um, are we're going to list right now, and we're also going to list their damaging effects. So uh, first one is blue number one. And that one, research shows it causes kidney tumors in mice. Blue number two, research shows even higher incidence of tumors, specifically gliomas, which is a brain tumor, in male, in male rats and a type of tumor that starts in the brain and spine. And then there's red number two, which is toxic to rodents, even at modest levels, and causes tumors of the bladder. Uh, then there's red number three. The FDA recognized this in 1990 as a cause of thyroid cancer in animals, and it was banned in cosmetics, but still allowed in food and medicine. And then there's good old red number 40, the most popular dye of all. It debilitates the immune system in mice, and it causes allergic reactions as well. And then there's green number three, causes bladder and testes tumors. Yellow number five affects behavior and induces severe hypersensitive reactions. Uh, then there is yellow number six, which causes adrenal tumors in animals. And then I'm just making a correction here. And the following is taken directly from the FDA's regulatory process of historical perspectives. They say, quote, coloring additives are important components. Now this is from the FDA, the Satan themselves. Coloring additives are important components of many products, making them attractive, appealing, appetizing, and informative. Added color serves as a kind of code that allows us to identify products on site, like candy flavors and medicine dosages. So this article goes on to say, really? Decoding medicine doses, dosages on site? Like, oh yes, it's red, therefore I think I need two doses of that. It's just like it's instinctively built into us, evidently, to know these things. Now, this, this stuff's in... You know, they're just talking about it here in, in um, using it in certain medicines. But, I mean, they're using this garbage in, I mean, you almost, <laughs> so many different things you would you would tend to buy in a store, candies and, and things of this nature, have these food colorings in them. And they're horrific. It's not something I've really mentioned a lot in times past. But I also know that um, a lot of uh, children that they will react off these. And this causes attention deficit disorder, hyperactivity. And then, well, then what's the remedy for that? Well, obviously Ritalin, which is basically speed, uh, like an amphetamine. So you definitely, if some a kid is hyperactive, you want to give them speed, you know, to make it even better or worse, whatever. And that's what they do. They, they give them Ritalin, and, and it, I think it, what it does is it just burns them out to the point of where... You know, their adrenals are probably so shot, it just ultimately ends up calming them down if it does have that effect on them. So, the following is taken... Okay, no, we already read that. Okay, so there's been a 55% increase in U.S. toxic food dyes since the year 2000. Uh, 55% increase in food dyes since the year 2000 alone. Huh, I wonder why they're doing that. I mean, it... 
causes cancer. Almost every one of them causes a different type of tumor. And people wonder why people are just dropping dead of cancer on all these different various and sundry cancers. There's, there's no one cause of cancer. And there's no, I don't believe there's any just one cure either. Because I've seen people that do certain things and they say, well, I was cured from this. A natural thing. And then I've seen other people do the same thing and they don't get it. But I think that there's such a plethora of ways they're trying to kill us that sometimes you have to take a very multifaceted approach in order to go against what they're trying to do. And um, But they've only increased it 55% of the, these toxic food dyes since 2000. I'm sure there's, there's no uh, depopulation or evil agenda behind that. You know, there's no genocidal agenda. Their, their, their intentions are, are good, I would imagine. So, there are over 15 million pounds, 15 million pounds of dyes put in foods, drinks, candy, and medicine every year. That is a staggering amount of cancer-causing garbage. And that's just one of the chemicals, or one of the... It's not one chemical, but obviously it's one of the main ways that they're trying to get us. And I mean, I've talked about a lot of other chemicals and other teachings that we've done. And this one is just one more in the satanic laundry list of things they're trying to do to kill us. So, and the FDA does nothing to protect consumers from this colorful barrage of poison. See, they know what they're doing. They're doing it on purpose. They're trying to take out and destroy humanity, body, soul, and spirit. Studies reveal that children have consumed as much as three pounds of dye by the age of 12. And it's not just something like you're going to consume it and it's just going to pass out of the body. These are things that tend to accumulate in the body, bioaccumulate. And if you're not doing any kind of detoxification, then there's going to be a much higher incidence of that accumulation. Here are some popular product and brand names you might mistake as exempt products. Uh, and they start out R, D, and C dyes and colors in baked goods. These are a lot of the ways that they hide it. They hide it in these products, okay? Now, at least now you can still read a label and see, okay, oh, there's these dyes. Most of the time, anything packaged is just garbage. Very, very, very hard. I mean, if you're going to eat anything packaged, the, be- the best thing to do, always read labels. And usually, the shorter the ingredient list, the better, Okay, when you see a big laundry list of, of ingredients, I just I don't even look any further. It's garbage. They're trying to kill you. They load them with synthetic vitamins. They load them with these food dyes. That they're they're loading stuff with like Splenda and, and Aspartame, uh, NutraSweet. Now they change, change to, to Neotame and Amino Sweet, so that they you don't think you're getting the neurotoxin, the fecal actual excretion from E. coli. That's what actually NutraSweet really is. It is the actual excrement. It's the fecal material from um, E. coli, which is what causes food poisoning. That's what NutraSweet is. Okay, It turns into different things in the body, like formaldehyde, which is what they embalm people with, or um, formic acid, which is instinct poison, or wood alcohol, which causes all kinds of horrific things in the body. That's what it breaks down into. Um, you know, they, 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 they just load these processed um, packaged goods with all of these chemicals. MS, monosodium glutamate is, is another one. And you could go on and on and on. They, they hide monosodium glutamate in all kinds of other different ways without actually having to list it on the label. So that's a whole other thing. 
Um, but anyway, here's some of the ways they hide it. Baked goods, beverages, candy, cereal, drugs, pet food, personal care products, cosmetics, cough syrups, NyQuil, Tylenol, Robitussin. I, I would say from reading some of the, the labels on like some of these medical products, these over-the-counter medical, I mean, they're some of the worst of the worst of the worst violators as far as just putting unnecessary garbage in there. They figure, hey, if you're going to come to the Pharmakia Society, if you're going to come to the big medical pharma cartels who were really the driving force behind Hitler in World War II through the company called IG Farben, which actually ended up funding most of the different medical colleges through the Rockefellers after World War II, and also uh, uh, actually um, splitting into different parts of their company uh, up instead of just dissolving IG Farben, they just split into different companies like TDK. And Bear, those same ones that make Bear aspirin. Well, those same companies are still in existence, and their and their and their whole agenda, just like it was in World War II, about annihilation of humanity. That's still their agenda. And if you're going to take something over the counter and you look at the ingredients, and it's just unbelievably horrific. I mean, they've got all kind of garbage in there, like that is so totally unnecessary that has nothing to do with the actual product itself. Okay, so I just did a, just a tiny bit of research here. I had like an old bottle that my parents had um, left. This stuff called Ecotrol. I've never taken any of it. But I just looked at the ingredients. And, you know, GlaxoSmithKline, one of the most evil pharma companies on the planet. I'm just looking at the ingredients. And, I mean, you have your active ingredient, okay? And then they put all of this other garbage in the product that is basically, I can see no other reason that it's in there other than just to kill you. That that's it has no therapeutic value at all. I mean, I'm not saying you should get hooked on drugs for their therapeutic benefit, but I mean, I'm I'm talking at least an active ingredient has some effect. But you have all these inactive ingredients, and that's what they're listed as inactive. So what are they there for? I mean, I know vitamin companies sometimes do this to make their pills look bigger, which I think is a total garbage, you know, they put silicone dioxide and and all of these fillers and binders and stuff like that to make the consumer perceive that they're getting more for their money, which is really garbage. But like this one, I'm looking at, okay, inactive ingredients, carnauba wax. Well, that's good. I mean, I mean, I, I want to make sure that I, uh, like what I wax my car with, I'm, I'm consuming a lot of that internally. Um, colloidal silicone dioxide. Now, I know that there's, there's, I could do a partial study on silicone dioxide. It's not, it's not good for you. There's no, there's no therapeutic value in that. And then we have, guess what? F and D and, F, D and C, yellow number six, which was one of the ones we just talked about. What does it matter if the, of course, I'm looking at the outside of these and Ecotrin. And they've got a nice orange color to them. They look very appealing. I mean, I, I definitely can just sense by seeing the color, I know the dosage instantly. Just like they said in the article, the FDA, the F, uh, the FDA is so knowledgeable. They, they just know me so well. Anyway, and then there's uh, other things in here that have no value whatsoever. And then there's methotrexalic acid copolymer. I mean, that sounds good to me. I don't know about you. Anything with meth or prope in it, just know that that's cancer-causing. It doesn't matter if it's personal cosmetics, shaving cream, toothpaste, drugs, whatever. Anything with meth or prop 
in it is essentially a cancer-causing thing. Many of those are also what they call xenoestrogens, which mimic estrogen in the body, but it's the bad estrogen. It's the estrogen that causes cancer and feminizes men and causes cancer, uh, an, an increase in cancer as well. So it's got uh, that um, propylene glycol, antifreeze. I mean, you definitely want to have antifreeze in your products. I don't see what's the harm in that, okay? I mean, if you get chilly... On a cool night, you'll stay warmer if you take this drug because it has some antifreeze in it. So anyway, propylene glycol. And again, it's prop, propylene glycol. Okay? And then um, talc. Talc's great. It's cancer-causing. It's funny. When um, Natalkinase 1500 was first came out, they had talc in their products. And I, I emailed them. I'm like, are you aware talc is cancer-causing? Yes, it's the same talc they use in barbershops and stuff like that. It's cancer-causing. Now, I skipped over a lot of other things that are cancer-causing probably as well. I just don't know every little tiny chemical there is to know. But I know the one, when I see one I'm familiar with, and they, they removed it from their ingredient list. Now, they, didn't, they made no fanfare about it, but they did remove it from their ingredient list, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, so, yeah, they've got some really good stuff in this, in this particular... Um, uh, drug there. Now, if I go, if I look online and I'm looking at the Advil uh, liquid gels, you've got, again, you've got to have your food coloring in there. FD&C Green, number three, which is one of the ones I believe we talked about, cancer-causing and these types of things. Polyethylene glycol, uh, which uh, also really, really, really bad stuff there. Sorbitol and sorbitan, and I'm not, uh, some of these I'm not even 100% um, uh, familiar with, but you get all of these garbage extra ingredients in whatever you buy. They cannot keep things clean and simple. The closest I've, I've seen really is if you go to like dollar stores and buy aspirin and usually it's just aspirin in there usually, or like the BC headache powders. Those are pretty good too. You want to try to keep your ingredient list as low as you possibly can. And that include that is with anything that you buy. You buy something and it has a laundry list of ingredient lists, just go. And I mean anything, unfortunately, anything packaged or processed, whether it's in the frozen food section, refrigerated, or on the shelf, most of the time you're going to get a gigantic laundry list of things. And anything canned has the BHT cans anyway, which, you know, we've done, or BPA, which we've done all type of studies on that and the estrogen mimicking effect and the... The uh, cancer-causing effects of that as well is just horrific. So there's just a lot of different things that you need to watch out for. So anyway, I just wanted to give you a little bit of an idea there on the medicines. You've really, I mean, it is an absolute, total landmine of horrific, toxic ingredients that they load into these over-the-counter. Or or I'm sure the, the regular as well. They're just more hopped-up version of the over-the-counter stuff. So they list NyQuil, Tylenol, Robitussin, and then they get into Jell-O brand gelatin, obviously all the different colors that you see in those. And then, you know, Cheetos, um, which really I've heard isn't even food. It's like the most toxic thing you can put on your body, in your body. I mean, it's MSG is listed as one of the ingredients, and then obviously the food colors. And I just don't see there's a Cheeto plant out there. I've never seen Cheetos being harvested in a field. 
what, what is that? I mean, what kind of plant is that? Anyway, Skittles, taste the rainbow. Taste the rainbow of food. Cancer-causing food colors. Or your colored gummy worms. Mmm, yummy. And then Fruity Pebbles, my absolute favorite. Not to be confused with Count Chocula, or Frankenberry, or what was it? Booberry. Booberry. That's one of my favorites of all time. They're all good for you. And um, then there's, obviously, we've discussed this a lot in times past, there's Lucky Charms. Now, they're magically delicious. And um, Lucky Charms, so you got your charms, you got your witchcraft, your Lucky Lucifer Luck, magically delicious, with a leprechaun, a little demonic, uh, impish leprechaun on the lip. I mean, it doesn't get much better from a satanic standpoint than Lucky Charms. Anyway, uh, going further, I mean, the, so the, the cereals alone, I mean, oh, <laughs> it's almost a joke. But it's what a lot of people have been brought up on. My, my mom never really let me eat a lot of that stuff growing up. I always wanted to eat it. I'm not going to say they didn't want to eat it. Because, I mean, you know. You crave that stuff when you're a little kid and your buddies are eating it and stuff and you can't. But um, I'm glad she didn't let me eat it. And then there's Marciano cherries, uh, sausage. Why would they need to use food coloring sausage? Huh? I, I heard they do that with hot dogs too. I knew a guy that worked at the health food store. He's a good friend of mine. His name was Greg. And he told me about this tour of this fact. Uh, he took a tour of a, fa- of a hot dog factory. Okay, I don't know. It was like Hormel or one of those. And he said he never will forget when they brought him into this one room. And he said there was this gigantic vat of what he termed, uh, if I'm quoting directly, as gray stuff. Like the color gray. It was this gray paste that was in this vat. And he says, and then over the vat, he saw this big, gigantic other colander of things move over it and then pour into it. And it was this big vat of red, reddish food coloring that they dumped in there to make the actual hot dog red because it was gray and it had to be, the color had to be changed. So that's another thing you might want to consider. Uh, let's go further. Mountain Dew. Now Mountain Dew has an interesting ingredient. It's called ester of wood rosin. I always thought that was probably really healthy for you. And then, obviously, the neon green colors and things. Uh, again, soft drinks, Kool-Aid, you name it. These are all things that are, I mean, <laughs> just about every ingredient is going to kill you, eventually. And, again, it's all by design. So, then there's Doritos, an old standby. Chewing gum. Now, most chewing gum now, before, you know, you could get chewing gum and it was just sweetened with sugar. It's almost impossible now to find any of these mints, gums, or anything like that that hasn't been tainted with either um, NutraSweet, which again they refer to now as amino, amino sweet, or Neotame. They're just trying to dece- deceive you and lie to you. Or Asphaltame Potassium, or uh, Splenda. Uh, they don't really use saccharin a whole lot anymore. But you can go into, you know, the, usually the restaurants, that, that's about the only thing you have to pick from either. Uh, Splenda, NutraSweet, or um, Saccharin still, which uh, Saccharin used to have warnings on the labels on the little pink packets that said, warning causes cancer in laboratory rats, but I imagine they finally paid them off enough to where they were able, actually able to take that off there. Um, so you're not warned about that anymore. Anyway, all these un, uh, artificial sweeteners are all death, every one of them, 
Uh, again, just another depopulation tool, another thing to get you addicted to the actual thing. They're all addictive, particularly NutraSweet. Um, it does trick your brain into thinking that it's getting carbohydrates, and it's not really getting them. And it's uh, highly addictive stuff. Very, very bad for you. And then other things like powder drink mixes and stuff. Really, the only way you're going to know is to read, read the label. And um, just to stick with the way... The closer you can stick to the way God put it here, the better, is a general rule of thumb regarding this particular subject. So, American companies doing business in Europe currently have to change their products, natural colorings, to meet European strict European Union strict regulations. Now, you would say, because I had a lady this week say, well, you don't give us any remedies. I'm like, oh my word, I don't give you any remedies? You just give us the problem, you'll give us the remedy. I'm like, okay, all right. I said, well, I gave 80 pages of remedies in the last study I just put up, the last PDF, 80 pages of my research that I gave away for free. I didn't ask nobody nothing for it. <laughs> just freely if I receive, freely I give, okay? Um, so I, maybe I don't always give, and I try to try to ultimately give remedies, whether they be spiritual, whether it be just something practical you can do. I, I try to do that. But sometimes I'm sure I drop the ball. Um, but anyway, I thought, well, okay, what are some ways that people can detox regarding? Just not this, but all the other ways they're trying to kill us. Um, I think one of the best, most cost-effective things you can do is the diametaceous earth. The food grade. You'd only use food grade. And I give you a link here. You can go, if you want to go explore this, they give you a whole bunch of articles on it, and then if you want to buy it, it's not really expensive. You only want to buy food grade, though. You never want to buy just regular diametaceous earth. Um, but it's still, it's, it's very cost-effective. You can do this stuff every day, and it will have a nice detoxifying effect on the body. I don't ever say there's just one way to detox, because that's just like saying there's only one thing that causes cancer. If you're just doing one thing to detox, you're, you're hitting a certain system and maybe you're hitting certain systems well, but you may not be hitting other systems in the body as well. So I don't tend to try to put all my eggs in one basket. Um, one of the best herbal detoxes I know of is the uh, SP Cleanse by Standard Process. Uh, and I give you a link to that. Now, that's a professional line that I use, but you might be able to find it online. But that's like 21 different herbs and whole foods, which works differently than something like diametaceous earth. Um, but it's another, if you want to approach it from an herbal food angle, which would kind of be hitting the organs of detoxification differently from a different angle, that's something you might want to consider. It's kind of like one-stop shopping for detox. And then also another really good product is bentonite clay. Um, and I give you a link to one of the companies that I've used in the past that sell bentonite clay, a, a really good, what you would consider almost food grade bentonite clay. I'm, I'm trying to give you links to the good stuff, not just, well, how cheap can I get it? Well, you get what you pay for. And with stuff that you're putting in your body, you want to try to be putting in the best, I mean, because you want to get the best effect. If you're putting 53 octane fuel in your car, it's not going to run right. And... Um, a lot of us have done that for a number of years, and we need to undo a lot of the, the uh, toxic things that have happened in our body uh, and are happening right now as a result of doing that for years. And, and these are some products that can help detoxify you and, and help your body bounce back and, and, and you know 
a lot of good things happen when you do that. Now, understand something too, though. If you start to detoxify, if you start the, any of these products and, and, you, and you feel more rundown, understand that as your body dumps toxins, you're probably not going to feel that great because your body's devoting energy that it would normally use otherwise to just living to now detoxifying. It has maybe the raw tools to detoxify, whereas before it doesn't. So, you might feel run down, you might get headaches, you want to make sure you're drinking a lot of good purified water while you're detoxing. Um, I detox every day. I mean, with all the different various ways they're trying to kill us, with the radiation we're being bombarded with, with from Fukushima all the time now, essentially, uh, with the chemtrails that they're you know spraying us like cockroaches every single day, and... Um, and I advise you getting on your knee and crying, getting on your knees and crying out to God and praying against that wickedness. And I've seen that take the chemtrail planes out of the skies for long periods of time. Uh, but as things get more and more wicked, they're upping their agendas and they're doing more and more things. They're, you know, you got the, you know, the fluoride in the water, the chloride in the water, the chemtrails, the, the, the radiation from Fukushima and whatever sources they're coming from. You've got just so many different ways they're trying to take us out. I tend to detox every single day um, just to try to uh, compensate for what Big Brother's trying to do to kill us. Uh, now, one of the best, like, whole food type, natural, multivitamin mineral products is a product called Intramax. It's 415 uh, organic ingredients in an all-in-one type of supplement. Now, the thing is, is it's not cheap, okay, for this stuff. You're getting a lot of stuff in there. If you try to buy a lot of the stuff separately, you probably end up paying a lot more. But it's a liquid. It's very easily absorbable. It also is also a very good uh, detoxifier. It has a lot of different things in it that also detoxify the body, plus all the minerals and the vitamins and, and things of that nature. And if you want to order it, well, i give you a link here you can click on. If you want to order it, you have to use a ordering code because you have to be referred by some type of healthcare professional, which I am. So I give you the link. Um, you can explore that a little bit more. I've used it in the past. It's very good. It's just that it, you know the stuff's pricey, but I, I don't have any control over over the pricing of this stuff. This that's the company that sells it. But some people are just like, well, if there's just like one thing I can do, one thing I can take. Well, Intramax would be about as close to like, okay, if you could only do one thing, like that's it. That's all you would do. And you just take one cap a day, yeah, I'd probably be about as close to anything I've ever seen. Now, it's not what if we got hit with like a, um, you know, global pandemic H5N1, it's not what I'm going to tell you. I mean, yeah, it would be good to have your vitamins and minerals during that time, but I mean, in, in that particular scenario, you're going to want to really have the, the mild silver protein, the 5,000 part per million on hand. Uh, things like oregano oil, the whole food seed, those are things that are specifically focused in on the immune system. And again, I'm not saying the Lord Jesus Christ can't protect you in any particular situation, but we are three-part beings, body, soul, and spirit. And if Satan can, um, it, you're only as strong as the weakest link in your chain. And if he has, if, if he's destroying you bodily and you feel terrible, well, you're not going to be able to do a whole lot for the Lord either. So that can affect you in, in that way as well. So anyway, I give you the the um, the uh, information on the Intramax here and the 800 number and uh, the link there for that if you're interested in that. So going further, 
And if they ask you about who referred you, just say Dr. Scott Johnson. Because I did. So anyway, let's go further. Uh, next article. The organic elite surrenders to Monsanto. What now? Uh, this is really... This just go, This article just really goes to show how deep the satanic rabbit hole runs. And how they're really just taking over every facet of society. Uh, the policy set for genetically engineered alfalfa will most likely guide policies for the other genetically engineered crops as well. True coexistence is a must. Now that was that statement was said by Whole Food Markets. Now I've never been to Whole Foods, but they're like one of the biggest, I guess the biggest health food store chain there is in America. And they've totally sold out to Satan. Now, what I notice most of the time when I go into most health food stores is whether they know it or not, they've kind of all sold out to Satan as far as I'm concerned. Because I go in there and, you know, they've got so many of these supposed health products. And they're loaded with canola oil. They're loaded with soy, um, which are just total death, these types of things to be putting in your body. No warnings about any of that. They've got their synthetic vitamins that they're selling. I mean, there's I, I could go on and on and on. So you've really got to be careful even if you buy supposedly organic. And this, seeing that and, and knowing that, well, you know, if you're, if you're a health food store owner, wouldn't you like really be doing your homework to make sure you're really selling, you know, what people really need and you're not putting out garbage and you're not just doing it to make a buck. I've never been in one health food store that doesn't do do it. Not one. You cannot tell me they don't know. I just don't believe that. I can't believe that. Oh, they're all ignorant, every one of them. And this is their life? I've never seen one health food store keep that garbage out of their product. Now, I'm not saying that doesn't exist. I just haven't seen it. You know, which is really sickening. In the wake of a 12-year battle to keep good old Monsanto like the most evil, wicked company probably on the planet, to keep their genetically engineered crops from contaminating the nation's 25,000 organic farms and ranches, America's organic consumers are facing total betrayal. A self-appointed cabal of the organic elite, spearheaded by Whole Foods Market, Organic Valley, and Stonyfield Farms, who makes a lot of the... uh, dairy stuff, has decided it's time to surrender to Monsanto's top executives from these companies and have publicly admitted that they no longer oppose the mass commercialization of the GE crops, the genetically engineered, such as Monsanto's controversial Roundup Ready alfalfa. What does that Roundup Ready mean? That means that when they spray the alfalfa with their Roundup, which is one of the most toxic weed killers ever known, that the alfalfa will just basically say, is that all you got? That's not going to kill me because I'm genetically engineered for it not to kill me. I mean, that's pretty bad when you can spray that stuff that would kill just about any weed on a crop and it doesn't even phase it. That's, that's pretty sobering. Well, that's what, that's what Roundup Ready is. Monsanto also brings us the Terminator seed, which basically is a seed that once you plant it every year, You have to go back to Monsanto the next year to get your next uh, stock of seeds to plant because the seeds that come from the Terminator seed crops will not germinate, will not reproduce. I mean, that sounds natural to me. 
a plant that you know you 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 have your uh, Terminator seeds and and you've got to go back and and, then, and again it's all about reoccurring revenue. It's all about playing God. It's all about defiling God's creation, defiling nature, and and control of of the farmer. I, I cannot believe these farmers ever bought into this garbage from the very beginning. I, I just it's so sickening to me. I mean. Like from the Terminator seeds to to just you know the, the chemical fertilizers, pesticides, herbicides, fungicides to just depleting the soil so there's nothing left in it, so that you've got to use all this garbage to get a plant to grow. To now these genetically modified seeds, I mean it's like I don't know it, it's it's just sickening. It really is that they've done this. Anyway, top, top, top executives from these companies have publicly admitted that they no longer oppose this mass commercialization uh, of these GE crops and are prepared to sit down and cut a deal for coexistence with Monsanto and the USDA biotech cheerleader Tom Vilsack. In a cleverly worded but profoundly misleading email sent to customers this week, Whole Food Markets, while proclaiming their support for organics in, quote, seed purity, gave the green light to the USDA bureaucrats to approve the conditional deregulation of Monsanto's genetically engineered herbicide-resistant alfalfa. See, it just starts with one crop. You'll say, oh, it's just one crop. No, 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 that's just how Satan always works. You ever hear that expression that, you know, if you let the camel's head in the tent, it's, it's not too long before his whole body's in there, you give Satan an inch, he'll take a mile? Well, this is, this is the start of all that. Oh, it seems innocent enough. I mean, we don't really eat alfalfa anyway. That's, that's given to, like, Livestock and stuff like that. I mean, what is it going to? No, it, this is just the beginning. This is just the the getting the foot in the door. Beyond the regulatory euphemism of conditional deregulation, this means that whole food markets and their colleagues are willing to go along with the massive planning of a chemical and energy intensive GE perennial crop, alfalfa, guaranteed to spread its mutant genes and seeds across the nation, guaranteed to contaminate the alfalfa fed to organic animals. Guaranteed to lead to massive poisoning of farm workers and destruction of the essential soil food web by the toxic herbicide. I'm sure they, they chose this crop carefully. It sounds like this particular genetically engineered Monsanto Roundup Ready crop will be one of the crops they could plant that could do the most massive amount of damage on a global scale. Just this one crop, it sounds to me. So, uh... And it's guaranteed to produce Roundup-resistant superweeds that will require even more deadly herbicides, such as the 2,4-D, to be sprayed on millions of acres of alfalfa across the United States. In exchange for allowing Monsanto's premeditated pollution of the alfalfa gene pool, Whole Food Mart wants compensation. Isn't that what it's always about? Doesn't it? I mean, doesn't so much of what I talk about always come down to the love of money? It seems like it always does. I mean, golly, it's, it's just, you know, it's like you're selling your soul for a lousy buck. Of course, you know, I'm sure the people that are they're, they're the head of these big mega corporations like this are probably already Satanists anyway, but, you know. Anyway, in exchange for a new assault on farm workers and rural communities, a recent large-scale Swedish study found that spraying Roundup doubles farm workers and rural residents' risk of getting cancer. Uh, Whole Food Mart expects the pro-biotech USDA to begin to regulate rather 
then cheerlead for Monsanto like that will happen. In other words, they're, they're, they're trusting the USDA, who is in bed with Monsanto, to now all of a sudden really regulate them like they should. Now, they'll go in and they'll kick down the doors of, of like the Amish people trying to sell raw milk or, or various different food co-ops trying to sell like raw, raw milk and cheese, which is one of the best things that you can put in your body, and that's why they want to go after it. Because it hasn't been pasteurized, because it hasn't been, you know, defiled, and, and the protein's been denatured, and all the vitamins and minerals and enzymes have been killed through pasteurization, they'll go and they'll kick down their doors and they'll pronounce them criminal criminals and they'll throw them in jail and, they, and they'll fine them for hundreds of thousands of dollars. But when it comes to satanic companies like Monsanto, they get a free pass and they basically get carte blanche and they get to do whatever they want to do. That's pretty much, you know, the way it rolls in in the current day and age that we live in. So, going further here, in payment for the new broad-spectrum attack on the soil's crucial ability to provide nutrition for food crops, Whole Food Mart wants the Monsanto to agree to pay compensation, actually meaning hush money, to farmers for any losses related to contamination of their crop. I mean, this is just going to be horrific when all this kicks in. And again, I don't just say all this just so we can wring our hands about it. Yes, it's good to be aware of it. And it is all the more reason to have your own organic garden. Of course, you know, they're going to outlaw those and eventually as well, probably. Um, but there are different ways that you can grow things that are actually rather ingenious that I've seen up on the Internet and different ways you can grow things with very minimal space that you can research up on the Internet. Um, but also to pray about this garbage because, I mean, this is just pure evil and, and they're trying to take out the food chain. They're trying to take out any type of of pure food line because Satan wants us to all be ill and sick and and, and and in a state where we just can't fight back, where we're just give in. And this is one of the ways that he's trying to accomplish that. Okay, I just checked and uh, we're going to switch gears and go into a different part of the study here. And um, so we're going to go ahead and end part one here and go to part two next. God bless you. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H.com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R, Boulevard West. Number 202, Third Line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.